log of who we start the show with. Today, it's Corinne Diversity Hire. Again, we see majority of Americans who disagree. And so when you are not with where majority of Americans are, then, you know, that is extreme. That is an extreme way of thinking. All right, folks, welcome to GAMCAST Live for September 8th. 2022 beautiful weather in atlanta a little, little cloudy but it's getting to be cooler which is great hope you have great weather where you are got a lot to talk about because it's a slow news day so we're going to talk about corinne diversity hired there and her claim that if you're not in line with the majority of americans you're extreme we're going to talk about the aoc piece that dropped in gq we're going to talk about a California law you may have not heard of, but it's coming to a state wherever you are as well. We're going to continue to talk about the Trump uh, raid fallout, and if we can get to it, Obama's portrait. We're going to break that down to you. There's a lot of lies going on about that. So there's all not a whole lot to say about um, the White House press secretary and what she just said there, other than, folks, th- th- listen, the good news is, among all this stuff, is that they are no longer even trying to hide this stuff. Okay, this is just out in the open. I mean, I get a lot of people will sit there and I'm sure they would come to me and they would say, well, you know, I mean, she just slipped up. She didn't really mean to say that. It's just a mistake. It's not a mistake, folks. That is the kind of thing that if any American had ever said that before, it would be headline news 24-7-365. I cannot think of anything more un-American than what she just said. Seriously. I mean, the idea that if you're outside of the majority of the public, you're extreme, but that is precisely what they believe, and they're not even trying to hide it. I mean, Biden goes out there and calls half the, you know, the country a clear and present danger, fascist, uh, domestic terrorist. That's where that mindset comes from. You're either with the majority, right, and they claim to be the majority. I don't think they are, but they claim to be, or you're extreme. That's not an accident. That's confession by projection. She's projecting onto all of us that we're extremists because we don't agree with her. And when we go through the show today, I want you to think about everything that's going on. Name an institution, name a culture, name something that is in support of constitutionalism. Okay, I heard somebody the other day say, and it's an excellent, excellent point. Is the nature of man free? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I would have, I, I swear, before Obama, I would have never blinked an eye and said, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, we're in a natural state of the humankind because we're free. And this is the way people know. I, I, I'm not even, I now look back embarrassed and think myself foolish for even thinking that. Well, of course, that's not. Because apparently, given the choice, people will choose tyranny. They will choose to go uh, towards popularity, and, they, and they'll let you get away with outright murder. So let's go to the first story of the day, and this is a big, 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 big story that you're not going to really hear a whole lot. So California, a couple of days ago, passed a new law. It's basically they've created a 10-person board. They claim they have some people from the industry and some people from labor. Uh, it's going to be appointed by the governor, okay? And Basically, it's going to provide for different ways to regulate the fast food industry, including a minimum wage of $22 an hour. All right. Now, again, I want to come back and let's let's take a let's get, in the, you know, the, the um, time machine. Let's get in the docs time machine. Go back with Michael J. Fox. And I want you to remember the 2020 election, perhaps the most consequential thing of that election. Right. Was the fact that as soon as not just Biden. But they had to take those Georgia seats, too. So when the Georgia seats were taken, the Democrats essentially had majority. Uh, all they needed was a quote-unquote majority in order to pass 
anything they wanted relating to the budget. Now, that's because the reconciliation is uh, filibuster does not apply to reconciliation. And what did the what is the first thing they did? They passed that huge three trillion dollar bill that in part did what? It bailed out the states. Right now, they did a lot of nefarious things in there. They tried to say that certain states couldn't do this and that, so they tried to just focus at California and Illinois and New York, these states that are basically bankrupt. But here's how California survived. Now they're not surviving. They lost a congressional seat during the last census. I mean, that's the first time they've ever done that. But anyway, this is why California is still out there looking like a decent place to be and still able to do idiotic policies. Had that not happened, had they not printed that $3 trillion and given that to Gavin Newsom, he might not have survived the recall. Anyway, let's go through this all real quick and we'll see how bad it is. So this week, California Governor Gavin Newsom signed an act into law that could raise the minimum wage for fast workers to over $20 an hour the first time in American history. Of course it will. Let's not be stupid. On September 5th, AB 257, the Fast Food Accountability and Standards Recovery Act was signed into law by Newsom. Now, riddle me this, Batman. What is it about fast food that it needs to be regulated more than it already is? We already got the Federal uh, Drug Administration, right? We got the FDA. Why do we need California to pile on top of that? Now, I don't eat a lot of fast food, folks. I mean, I mainly go to Chick-fil-A. I occasionally go to Subway. Sometimes I'll, if there's a you know random Subway shop or something on the road, I, I don't eat a lot of fast food, but I do occasionally. And, you know, I've eaten fast food my entire life. I've probably been to every single solitary fast food you can get. And I've never had a problem. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about no problems. I've never gotten sick. I've never thought the conditions were so poor I wouldn't go back. I mean, nothing like that. What in the world is this all about? The law authored by Assemblyman Chris Holden authorized the creation of Fast Food Council, which will make up to 10 representatives, I said labor and management sectors, to set minimum standards for workers in the country. According to uh, the August 5th statement of the governor's office, members of the Fast Food Council will include food workers, their advocates, franchisees, basically the whole group of people to regulate it, folks. The way this is going to end up, well, let me scroll down and then I'll tell you the point. A recent Harvard Kennedy School and UC San Francisco study found that wages for fast food workers in California average at $16.21 an hour, two fifty-seven less than the average for other service workers in the state. Okay, first and foremost, that doesn't surprise me, right? Because if you think of service workers, and listen, folks, I've worked in fast food. I mean, when I was in high school, yeah, when I was in high school, I had a job at the lake that was essentially you know, helping people rent boats and uh, behind the counter and serving hot dogs and ice cream and all that. So I know exactly what they're talking about. In fact, back then I made, I think, $3.10, which was the minimum wage at the time. But anyway, I digress. Anyway, folks, what's the point? Okay, sure, they make less than other service workers. That's probably the easiest job to get, but it requires the least amount of skill. And California is paying it $16, and they want to raise it almost 40%. Now, who's going to pay for those raises, folks? You and me. And why is it we need to manipulate the market? What's going on here? right? This is how they pass these policies. They get these leftist ideas, this leftist cultural movement that, oh my God, there's nothing going on and there's no problem and the market's working just fine. It's not like I see young people out here who mostly take these jobs and they can't afford to eat. So we got to raise it from $16 an hour to 22. This is just literal insanity. We're all going to end up paying for this. Nothing's going to get better, but you're going to have more control of government. A lot of this is just designed to basically transfer money to them, which it will. Because, again, I want you to understand how this works, right? If you get $16, the government gets Social Security, they get FICA, they get state income taxes, and who knows what else into an, uh, you know the unemployment fund and all this other stuff. By raising that, that's more money to the government. Now, I hate to point that out, but it's true. Now, that money should be used for things, but when they're going bankrupt and maybe they can't count on the House – 
uh, staying in Democrat hands for quite some time. Maybe they need to figure out another source of income. Anyway, none of this is good, but I, I tell you all this. I tell you all that to tell you this: what happens in California eventually gets to other states. Because even though we know California is a joke, the other a lot of the blue states look at California as a beacon on a hill. Ah, they think California is great, and so this is going to come to us. And this is all because of the 2020 election and and the Senate runoffs in Georgia. They couldn't have done it without both. They needed both. And with both of them, they bailed out all these failed states so they get another 10 years to try to corrupt them. And then, you know, we'll see how it turns out. Anyway, all right, so another news out there before we get to Trump and Obama. Believe me, I'm going to get to Trump and Obama. I'm only eight minutes in. I'm probably going to beat the clock today. We normally do 40 minutes. I think I'm going to be able to beat it today. Anyway, so there's a new puff piece out there about AOC, okay? Now, you know, actually, podcasters may not know as much. Twitter followers know. I detest AOC. I call her A0C. I'm not even, I, I used to wonder why I couldn't get that to trend or why that didn't pick up on the internet. Now, I look back a couple years ago when I was trying to do it, and I think myself foolish. I mean, obviously, it's being censored. I had a couple tweets yesterday. I had one that was going gangbusters, and it was a good tweet, and just bingo, like that. It went from getting 25% interaction to getting 5% interaction. I mean, it's just the, the algorithm manipulates things, and that's part of the reason she's got this kind of power, in addition to the fact that people like AOS or GQ um, are willing to do puff pieces about her. But anyway, I digress. So, uh, what's the what's the problem with AOC? Well, it's not just her policies, folks. That's why you got to have a little history, right? We talk all the time, Great American Mail uh, live stream podcast, whatever this is. It is analyzing the news of the day through the lens of the Constitution, law, and history. You got to have all three really to appreciate what's going on. So AOC is not just bad because of her policies. Her policies are awful. Okay, her policies are crazy Bernie's policies. Here's the problem. Crazy Bernie, let's say on a scale, let's give a scale of 1 to 100, 100 being the best, right? Crazy Bernie is like a 55 or a 60, right? And I, again, a lot of you are going to disagree. So, oh, you're not that. Go find his interview on Joe Rogan. It was during, I want to say it was during the 2020 election. It may have been 2018. I can't remember. I've been following this stuff so long. And I mean, it's powerful. And it's powerful mainly because you're listening to it. When you see it, it's just like the 1960 debate between Kennedy and Nixon. Those people that heard the debate overwhelmingly thought Nixon won it. Those people that saw the debate, on the other hand, thought that Kennedy had won it. And that was the power of the way Kennedy looked. Not just that he was handsome, right? but just the way his demeanor, everything about him looked good, right? He had a commanding presence. Uh, Nixon, unfortunately, is one of these guys, and I'm not one of them, but I've got brothers that are like that. He's got to shave twice a day. I mean, shave in the morning, and if you go on TV later at night, it's going to look like you didn't shave. And, you know, again, you'd think that kind of stuff wouldn't matter, but it does. Anyway, so so if he's a 65 or something, AOC is like a 99.9. She may be 100. I mean, she's got it all. She's reasonably well-spoken. She's attractive. I mean, I don't like her, but she's attractive, okay? She's an actress. That, that's literally true, folks. I don't know if you know this or not, but she's a Justice Democrat. The Justice Democrats is this Democrat goop out there that they're rabid communists, and they want to jerk, lynch the, the Democrat Party as far left as possible, and they, believe me, they've succeeded. And so what they do is they go out there, and they find seats that they think are pickable offable. And I wouldn't have thought her seat was pickable offable. Nobody did. But the guy, I think the guy was like third or fourth in leadership. And he was so arrogant, he barely came home to campaign. He, I'm not kidding you, folks. He literally sent aides to debates with AOC. And then, of course, he didn't see at the time, right, he didn't see the demographic change. See, when he was cheering for uh, identity politics, reward black people, reward people of color, reward all these other people, right, he didn't understand that as a white male, he's the two of clubs. 
So he didn't get anything. And so the combination of his arrogance and not showing up, AOC won a narrow primary victory. But it doesn't matter because in her district, it's like plus 50 Democrat. I mean, you could run Abraham Lincoln, right, and not going to defeat her in that district for a Republican, obviously. So whoever wins the primary wins, and that's how she got it. And again, she auditioned for these people. She's an actress. She auditioned, and they picked her. That's why they picked her. They want Bernie Sanders policies, but they don't want crazy Bernie with the white hair, you know, and slumped over and the funny way of talking, right? They need somebody that looks good for TV. And folks, she is one of the most powerful people in politics right now, and she's going to be for quite some time. Anyway, so AOS, or, uh, Gentleman's Quarterly came out, GQ magazine came out with a, um, a piece on her. AOC's fight for the future. Again, you know, it bothers me, <laughs> and it really, it, I don't know why, maybe it shouldn't, but every time I turn around, I saw a Whitmer tweet yesterday that as long as she's governor, she's going to fight for the abortion rights or something. Why are we always fighting? We don't need to be fighting. Just go out there and advocate for this and pass the laws and act like a governor. And What's all this fighting? I mean, this isn't a cage match, is it? But you know, to them it is, and it tells a lot, but I don't have time to get into that. So a couple things from the piece I want you to understand. Again, this is all part of the propaganda. The main reason this is in Gentleman's Quarterly or GQ, it's mainly to go after the men. Right. It's she's already got largely going to get the the liberal women. She's going to get the people of color. She got all that. This is trying to broaden her horizons to people that look like me, basically, you know, men, white men. Right. And let them know that. Oh, no, no, no. She's fine. She's a good person. You should like her. Right. It's not a real examination of who she is and what she stands for. Again, we talked about it this week, you know, when we talked about Biden's speech and I came on and I said, instead of him saying, I don't have my notes in front of me anymore, but I can't remember, you know, being for unity, right? They're for the darkness and the lies, right? You haven't really learned anything. I haven't really said anything. And I'm purposely being nonspecific so that you can fill in whatever you want there, right? So anyway, so let me read a couple paragraphs from this piece and I want you to, and you'll sort of see my point. For a fleeting moment in front of the Supreme Court, it was possible to see the full complicated public totality of the women who've come to know AOC, a 32-year-old congresswoman representing one of the country's most diverse districts. Okay, now, um, all right, one of the most diverse districts, my butt. What are you talking about? That's not true at all, right? It's not a necessarily diverse district at all. Now, I mean, I, and I'm literally broadcasting from the Atlanta metro area. You want to talk about a diverse district, this is it. I mean, we got, I mean, every ethnic group you can think of, it's about 50-50 down the middle, white and black, et cetera, et cetera. But the reason that's tossed in there is to somehow embolden her, make her look bigger than she is, right? Now, frankly, I wouldn't have put her age in there if it was me, but I don't know about these things. Obviously, whoever writes this probably has an idea. But again, she's 32 years old. She's serving her fourth year. That means she got elected when she was 28. Folks, when you were 28 and you had been an actress and a bartender, right? Do you think you were ready to go become a congressperson? Well, in the old days, the answer would be no. Today, mm, doesn't really take a lot, right? A certified celebrity. Okay, why is that a positive thing for a congressperson? I would think that would be a negative thing. Arguably, more famous than any other person in American politics without the last name Obama or Trump. Okay, um, now, like, who knows you well is somehow important? Again, they don't like Trump, folks. They can't stand Trump. Why? Because He's popular, right? Again, who invented that? I say this all the time. Trump didn't land on politics. Politics landed on Trump. Beloved and loathed at competing ends of the political spectrum. That's by design. I don't like that. I like the old system where we didn't have districts that were safe. 
I mean, we've gone from, in the last 20 years, and I kid you not, maybe a little more than 20, maybe 30, but once they allowed gerrymandering, which is, there were three big issues in the middle 90s when I went to law school, okay? Gerrymandering, takings, and affirmative action. And the Supreme Court got one of them right. They got takings right. That was it. The other two, they got absolutely wrong. And they hadn't fixed it yet. And so we're now living with that decision. Once it was allowed that you can get, and I mean the, 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 the Gary Mander districts they had uh, that were before the court in like 1994, 1995, were, were just absurd. I mean, literally, they, they literally drew one of them, I remember. I'll never forget it, I guess. They literally put Durham and Greensboro, two black districts. And then between them, they, they, I-85 runs between them. And so it looked like a dumbbell. And it's like, come on. That, that's not a district. you got to at least draw the district. You can't just say the district goes up I-85. That There's no people living there. But they let them get away with it. And what happened was, instead of having 80% competitive districts and 20% non-competitive, you went to now 80% non-competitive and 20% competitive. And what do you get? You get more extremes on each side. Anyway, constitutionally opposed to sitting down, shutting up, and conforming to the patriotic play theater of Washington. Um, what are you talking about? What's wrong with sitting down, shutting up, and conforming? I mean, again, I understand sometimes you don't need to, right? But there's something wrong with sitting down. There's something wrong with keeping your mouth shut sometimes. And I'm okay if you don't want to conform, but I, I don't really understand what that's mean. The right wing's night terror in the flesh. Um, beg your pardon? I'm not terrorized by... I, I mean, and I'm not right wing, of course. I don't know what right wing means, but I assume he means people that have the constitutional point of view, right? Why, why are we terrorized by her? Anyway, I could go on, but this is the type of stuff. This is idolatry, folks. This is not a, a piece about, let me tell you who AOC is. Let me tell you how she struggled as a bartender and saved her money so she could run for Congress. And, and let me tell you how she was out there and, and she got the acting gig and she finally, no, no, no. There's none of this in there. You can go read the piece if you want. It's completely free. It's not behind a paywall. It's a little surprised by that, but that's nice. But anyway, I mean, you know, there's nothing in this of any substance at all, which is, again, I keep telling people this. That's what happens when you let these people get in charge. They're not going to deal with specifics. So by way of example, while I'm scrolling down trying to find the next paragraph I want to read to you, um, one other interesting story out there is more and more and more Democrats are refusing to debate. Okay, And you know why they're refusing to debate? They're refusing to debate because in debates, you don't have to talk policies as much as you used to, but you still have to talk about policies. So you can't do what Biden did and said, these people, they're extreme, and they're for the darkness and the lies, and, and, and I'm for the unity and the light. You have to say, what is your position on ID to vote? What is your position on coming to the country without a passport? Right, And that's why they're not going to debate, because it's difficult to say, uh, well, my position on voter ID is he's a fascist. Um, Sir, I'm, I mean, I'm a very left-wing person because that's all that can do these debates anymore. And I literally, I, I would accept almost any answer, but that one we cannot accept. I'm sorry. Anyway, so I'm, I've now found the, um, uh, the paragraph I want to read here. So I'm going to highlight it for those that are watching on Twitter and later YouTube or Rumble. We don't do that on YouTube anymore. I hold two contradictory things in my mind at the same time. This is her quote, okay? One is the relentless belief that anything is possible. Okay, I like that. It's kind of a you know Robert Kennedy Right. Some men see things as they are. I dream of the way things ought to be and ask why not. No, no. Some men see things that are and ask why. I dream of the things ought to be and ask why not. Right. Okay, fine. Nice little uplifting thing there. But at the same time, my experience here has given me a front row seat to how deeply and unconsciously, as well as consciously, <laughs> good God, so many people in this country hate women. Okay, folks, you, you starting to catch on yet? 
Biden is playing this tune, and people like Biden play this tune. Biden's one of the original AOCs, but he's the 65 version like, like Crazy Bernie, right? He's not very good, not very well-spoken, never has been. But they've been looking for these people for a long time. They lack compunction. They'll do whatever you need them to do. They don't have any real center on anything. They're just all about power and, and taking your rights and freedoms. People ask me questions about the future. And realistically, I can't even tell you if I'm going to be alive in September. Well, A0C, who can, right? Who among us can? But, I mean, the idea that you're in more danger with all the security that you people have now, I'm told they still have barriers up at the Capitol. I mean, again, folks, what is the point of saying this, right? It's meant to fear, make you fear. It's meant to scare you, right? This is all meant to depress the GOP and, and, and further, you know, uh, infantilize and emotionalize her people. And it's not just the right wing. Oh, my goodness. Misogyny transcends political ideology, left, right, and center. This grip of patriarchy affects us all of us, not just women, men, as I've mentioned before, but also ideologically, there's an extraordinary lack of self-awareness in so many places. Oh, my God. Look in a mirror lately. Oh, my God. And so there are two very conflicting things. I admit sometimes believing that I live in a country that would never let that happen, right? Um, anyway, folks, um, anyway, I just move on. All right, so uh, the Trump uh, raid continues to be the story of the week, folks. And I'm working on a piece. I don't know when I'm going to be able to get it out, but it, this is Russia 2.0. And again, they, they now have the template. Basically, they understand. Basically, you leak information right? You claim it has the intelligence or national security imprimatur on it. Then you let the people talk about it, right? And then you leak some more and you just continue it. And, and there's, there's literally, no matter how insane the claims are, they can just say them, right? So one of the things about the dossier that was always kind of nutty was that Trump hired some hookers to pee on a bed the Obamas had, um, had slept on. Well, among the problems with that is it's well known that Trump's a germaphobe. So it's like, um, A, I don't see him being that wealthy, being something that he would be down with to begin with, but whatever. But him being a germaphobe, I'm pretty sure that's like an ixnay on that. But anyway, they would run stuff like that up. And they said certain people in certain places. And again, th folks, this is not something that, you, you know, unlike America, you can't just sneak across the border, you know. Anyway, um, but it's all nonsense. But that's what this this whole uh, that's this whole Trump raid thing is, right? So, for example, the latest thing since the last and more leaks is that apparently they took 12,000 pages of documents, okay? 12,000 pages of documents. And they've now had to admit that 99% of them were not classified. 99% of them were personal documents, okay? Now, that's come out. Now, again, that's been leaked in the last couple weeks, I think I, that leaked, I think, after I was on the show, uh, after I published the show yesterday, okay? So after 11 a.m., it came out that 12,000 documents. Folks, at this point, because our country has no ability to go stop, wait, ho, oh, that's too far. You told us he had classified materials, yet you went down with an overly broad warrant that says he broke laws he cannot break. You keep bouncing back between laws that he supposedly broke and the Presidential Records Act, which doesn't have a criminal component to it, then you start throwing obstruction in. Well, you know, all this stuff that's going on, and, and nobody at no point do they say stop. We're going to get to some of the MSNBC morons. And, I mean, literally, they won't say, I mean, this is too far. They don't care. And this is, they found this with, I mean, they found it with other things, but the Russia hoax really proved it. We can just say anything, and 40-plus percent of the people 
and especially the powerful people like the GQs of the world and the MSNBCs of the world and the Alphabet Networks of the world, they'll just run with it. And apparently, even if a majority doesn't, I mean, even if a majority understands it's garbage, it won't matter. And again, I'm getting to the point now, I say this all the time, I don't know where we are on the scale from zero to 50.1, but when they get to 50.1, it's over. Basically, it's 1984. That's what it's going to be. Now, I don't know where they are. It's very difficult to tell because they, I, don't know that, I don't know that they have 50%, but because they have the culture and all this other stuff, it looks and feels like it. But anyway, anyway, so here's a story out of The Hill, The Hill's morning report. Mar-a-Lago documents drama rattles some in the GOP. Now, notice The Hill, which is, The Hill is a left wing like everything else, but it's one of those publications that's out there that a lot of people perceive to be sort of in the middle-ish. It's not, but it, you know, it does occasionally have some people on there, unlike, uh, you know, MSNBC or CNN or NBC that, that will occasionally put a left-wing point of view out there. Anyway, so um, they come out with a story. Now, notice the story's not 12,000 documents were taken, 99% of which had nothing to do with national security or, classific- or being classified. No, that's not the headline. It's, it rattles some in the GOP, which is precisely in part what it was meant to do. Former President Trump's cartons of U.S. classified intelligence documents now in the hands of the Justice Department present legal and political challenges for Attorney General Merrill Gallant. (laughs) Do they? What about for the country? Okay. And his team as they ponder a court deadline this week that's akin to a three-dimensional chess for the executive branch. DOJ's choice about whether to appeal an order to select an independent reviewer to examine the materials seized on August 8th at Mar-a-Lago could impact future presidents, Stalled an investigation involving allegedly mishandled U.S. intelligence and hand the former president and his allies months of political openings to stoke distrust of the FBI and the Biden administration. I mean, good God. I mean, seriously, folks. Anyway, so, I mean, imagine that. (laughs) By the way, they're not going to appeal because if they appeal, they'll lose. Because the absurdity of their of what they're saying before that judge has been, I mean, it's it's been revealed. So the even the Eleventh Circuit is is a relatively conservative circuit. They're not going to do anything. But anyway, we'll see. On Capitol Hill, Senate Republicans are scrambling to play defense. What well, you don't say? Okay, without knowing exactly what Trump removed from the White House, how his retention of sensitive materials may have compromised U.S. secrets, and whether he is guilty of actions that would result in criminal penalties for any lesser current or former official. Trump's documents drama could pose complex legal, international, and political repercussions for his future in 2024 and beyond. So basically, let me translate that for you. In addition to the political hay and campaign donations they're getting from this hoax, they also get the extra added benefit of the GOP being scared. Okay? And that's what it's designed to do, folks. This Apparently, it's also come out that Biden ordered this. He knew about it, and he ordered it, okay? So basically, they decided, yeah, it ain't looking so good. I mean, Dobbs kind of maybe gave us a little bit of lift, but we don't really know. We're not really sure, but the election's coming. What do we need? We need some Trump, 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 Trump in the news. And this is great. Now, again, our scrambling played business without knowing exactly what Trump removed from the White House. Guess who else doesn't know what's down there and been taken as part of those 12,000 documents? Anybody on planet Earth except the people in the investigation who conveniently leak some of it, whatever they want you to see, to the Washington Post and the New York Times. And again, folks, that's the January 6th committee model. We got a bunch of stuff that we obtained largely illegally, but we've got a bunch of stuff, and we'll show you what we feel like showing you. And people in America actually accept that. I mean, they should be demanding the release of all 12,000 that are not confidential. But anyway... 
I mean, I guess maybe you'd have to run that through Trump because they are his documents. Anyway, so let's get one from a couple of Republicans here. It's stunning. It's outrageous that highly sensitive documents of the United States of America were kept in an insecure place. That's why we have laws to prevent it. I mean, that's milquetoast Milt Romney. I mean, how stupid can you be? First and foremost, Mitt, you have no idea what was there. You trust the government who's been doing nothing but lying to us for years. I mean, especially the last six years, okay? And literally, and that's why we have laws to prevent it. What? There, okay, anyway, I, listen, he's probably not a, a trained lawyer, so I'm going to let him go. Anyway, I think classified information is supposed to be handled in a certain way. Obviously, we understand that here. Senate Republican Whip John Thune added, referring to a secured facility in the Capitol that must be used by senators to review sensitive intelligence documents. The rules are pretty clear. Um, <clears throat> Mr. Thune, you are in the legislative branch, not the executive branch. Again, and again, folks, th- it, it, this is Christmas come early for these people because it's the gift that keeps on giving. So they get to scare Republicans. They're going to get hay out of that. And then think, don't think this won't impact the elections, right? A lot of those suburban moms are just, oh, they're clutching the pearls. No, I don't know. I mean, I, I want to vote for Republicans, but this is outrageous. sensitive <laughs> the materials that Trump Mar-a-Lago in a standard secure place, even though it's protected 24-7, 365 by the Secret Service. Anyway, folks, all right, we got to move on. I thought I was going to be able to do it early today, and I'm already 29 minutes in. I don't script this, folks. I literally, I have... It looks like eight windows open. If you're watching it on Twitter, you can see that, or later on Rumble. All right, folks. I, as you know, I read fiction, fun fiction, or classic fiction, fun fiction, and nonfiction. I, against my better judgment, uh, decided to read Ellie Mistal's uh, book, "A Black Man's Retort on the Constitution" or some such. It is trash. It's garbage. I'm two, uh, uh, two chapters in, and I really wish I could return it. I can actually. Audible's really good about that, but I'm not going to. I'm going to suck it up. It's, it's, a, it's a short book. I think I can fish it in about a day, day and a half. Anyway, it's just garbage. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's basically I'm mad I'm black, and um, I hate this country. It's like, okay, that's not really a retort about the Constitution. Oh, and by the way, a lot of profanity. I mean profanity, profanity, profanity. But anyway, let's listen to Ellie Mistall talk about that, which I just basically told you. Nobody knows what's in those documents. Nobody. Nobody. He hadn't seen it, but listen. But even I know that if I went into a bank and robbed it, brought the money home, took it home, and then went and spent a bunch of it and bought a Birkin bag and, some, and a car and all sorts of things, and the feds came to take it, I couldn't then say, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm going to need you to get a special master, and they're going to need to uh, you know, go through all this stuff because that's my bag, and that's my car, and that's my money. Okay. I swear, and I, I didn't know Joy, Joy Reid was going to talk. I thought we were just going to listen to Ellie, but um, I, I swear— some of these people are just imbeciles. I mean, she, I, she apparently went to Harvard. Yeah, one of them. I, I, folks, a better example would be, right, before I left my employer, I took a bunch of documents in boxes that I had drafted while I had worked for the employer that I believed were my personal documents. And then, somehow, the employer illegally came into my home with an illegal, overly broad warrant, took all of those documents, and I'm going to the special master going, look, I understood I couldn't take the documents that belonged to my employer, but these were my personal memos to myself, right? And I, these are my documents. And then the, 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 the employer says, no, oh, no, no, we looked through it. No, 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 we looked, we looked. None of these documents are your personal documents. No, 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 no. Oh, we had your uh, passport and an, and an old ID you left and a MARTA card. Yeah, uh, here's that back. We're sorry. We didn't have any of your personal stuff, but but we did, but we returned, right? And then I say, no, 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 let's just get a, a third party to look at it and check it out. 
And if they find my diary in there that I accidentally left in there, they'll give it back to me, right? But Joey Reid's just, I mean, it's just moronic. How on earth could a judge who made it through law school think that Donald Trump can take the property of the government, the federal <laughs> government, take it home, and then have to have a special master decide whether they can investigate him? There was a dispute, if we can get to him today, I don't know if we will, um, from the one. He took like I mean, just 44,000 pages of documents. And, and again, the, the NARA, the, the National Archives, they got into a dispute with him, and the court said, no, it, Barack Obama says they're his, says he's going to digitize them, says he's going to put them out with his library, and he never did it. I mean, again, I mean, the fact that she acts like this is something new, I mean, it really is just, you know. And I, I honestly, folks, looking at her, it's hard to tell if she's just pretending or doesn't know, but anyway. Because she's biased and corrupt. Like, I don't know what to tell everybody anymore. Like, I've, I've been saying this since he took office. When you allow Republicans to control the courts, you get nothing. Trump judges do not believe in the rule of law. They do not believe in precedent. They do not believe in facts. They do not believe... Folks, Bannon, who uh, got convicted for like the first time in 45 years, it's happened in, in one of two, three times in American history. It's happened. Um... The judge that did that, that presided over that trial, Trump judge. Not a Republican, like Ellie says there, Trump judge. But I, I could go on, but there's no point. There's no point. No, no point in debunking him. Logic, they just believe in whatever's going to help Donald Trump, and they've proven it again and again and again. So when I say that you cannot trust Trump judges, I don't know what more evidence you need. Anyway, folks, what she did was, was perfectly right down. I mean, again, folks, before Trump, 99.9% of people would have said, yeah, this is obvious. There's no question of this. One thing before I move on from this is it's interesting out there that I see a lot of times. I, I don't have cable, as you know. But um, when I go to the gym, for whatever reason, the gym has two MSNBCs, two CNNs. They have Fox far away where I can't really see it. Um, you know, I wish they put like the Golf Channel on because, I, you know, I do politics you know, so much of a day. I don't really see it anymore. But I occasionally do see it. And one of the things that's really fascinating to me when I do see MSNBC and CNN, they keep having all these former Obama, not sometimes Clinton, but mostly Obama officials on. I mean, all these people that were Obama prosecutors and Obama's uh, CIA assistant this and assistant that. And they all come on and they're just rabid communists and partisans. And it makes me wonder, what were they doing the eight years that um, – Barack Obama was in office. Do you think that was impacting their decisions they made when they were supposed to be um, public servants? I don't know. I'll let y'all uh, twist on that a little bit. So here's Hillary Clinton out there again. I mean, the fact that she can go on any show with a straight face say this, but I, it looks to me like her daughter, too. I forget her name. But anyway, take a listen. How easy is it to walk out with boxes of classified documents? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Wait, Jimmy Gunn, it's the, it's the plural that kills me, yeah. right? Documents. Like, not just one box or one document. Boxes and thousands. Anyway, folks, um, I, I play that for a couple of reasons. I mean, this, literally, I, I feel like I'm in a 1984 novel or, or a well novel, right? I feel like I'm on the set of Animal Farm. I mean, Hillary Clinton <clears throat> literally had a server that it was demonstrated that she had tons of classified material. That's why Comey had to come out and say, no rational prosecutor would bring this case because we can't win it because it's such a high standard, okay? And forget all that. Forget all that. Just let all that go, okay? They're laughing about it, folks. On the one hand, they want us to cry and be clutch our pearls and be scared. And on the other hand, they go all night and they may, and it's a joke. Do you find this funny? 
I don't find it funny at all. That's what our politics have become, and largely you have this man to thank, Barack Obama. He was at the White House yesterday for the unveiling of his portraits. And I'll tell you, there's a little bit more to this story. You're not hearing out there. Here's Obama. <laughs> you have guided us through some perilous times. He's speaking of Joe Biden here, folks. He's guided us through some perilous times. Came to office. Basically, COVID was over. Had the vaccine that they worship. I mean, I, you know, I forget what they worship more. The vaccine. Eh, but Obama definitely worshiped more. Number two, you know, it gets to be a question. Fauci, the, the vaccine. I, I don't know. Green energy. Anyway. So that's what he's talking about. Anyway, Biden set up like the butcher's dog, but he's got it through some perilous times. Okay, thanks, Obama. You've built on and gone beyond the work we all did together to expand health care, to fight climate change, to advance social justice, and to promote economic fairness. Thanks to your decency and thanks to your strength. Again, notice we've been talking about it all week. I mean, you know, people will argue, eh, justice and climate this and it's all platitudinal nonsense no specifics there but it goes on maybe most of all thanks to your faith in our democracy and the american people the country's better off than when you took office and we should all be deeply grateful for that so thank you so much so a couple things here folks i wanted to cover real quickly so um the main thing i wanted to get for is the country is better off than when Joe Biden took office, and we should all be deeply grateful for that. Again, folks, I I don't want agreement. I really don't. I, I, I'm happy for disagreement. I'm fine. What I want is clarity. And this is what these people think. This is the way they talk. People there would have been shaking their head. I mean, in, in agreement, they would have been clapping, all this stuff. They believe this. Now, anyone who thinks the country's better off, yeah, we're going to see what the voters think. In November, it's going to be closer than you think. But here's the part of the story that hasn't, wasn't, hasn't been t- told. Okay, so why is it, folks, I don't know if you know this, again, we, we cover the news of the day through the Constitution, the law, and history. Well, the Constitution doesn't matter on this one. The law doesn't matter on this one, right? You need to know history. The history is that the uh, person that takes over hosts the prior person for a portrait unveiling. It's been happening every single solitary time since America was founded in 1787. Now, why did it happen this time, Right. Well, I'm going to read down. This is from a publication, Euro News, but any left-wing publication, they'll all tell you this stuff, right? This is just what they do. The presidential portrait unveiling is a historical event having been organized by the White House Historical Association since 1965. Recent tradition, no matter what political affiliation, has had the current president generally hosting his immediate president. What's significant about these ceremonies is there's long-standing tradition, blah, blah, blah. So why has Obama's ceremony only happened now, Barack Obama's presidential successor, Donald Trump, refused to host any kind of ceremony for his predecessor due to the contentious and bitter nature of their relationship, therefore leaving the first black president to go unacknowledged in the White House portrait collection, while Obama largely maintained sanctions, blah, 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 blah. Folks, this is how they play the game. That's an outright lie. And I know the history because I've been around long enough. I've been following politics. But you know what? You don't need to know a lot of history about this. You just need to know about the last five and a half years. The reason it didn't happen is because Obama's refused to go. You kidding me? Trump would have been over backwards to have Obama at the White House and have them be cordial. Obama's the one who didn't do it. And again, it's fine. He wants to break the tradition. But then, oh, no, no, they accuse you of that which they they engage in. It's all meant to confuse folks, and unfortunately it works. Anyway, you're all caught up with the news of the day. And if you like this live stream, hope you tune back in tomorrow.